What was she not to me? Wrote author C.S. Lewis after the passing of his wife, Joy. She was my daughter and my mother, my pupil and my teacher, my subject and my sovereign, and always holding all these things in solution, my trusty comrade, friend, shipmate, fellow soldier, my mistress, but at the same time all that any man friend, and I have good ones, has ever been to me, perhaps more. So I ask you today, what is the value of a good woman? Priceless, almost indescribable. But in the next 15 to 20 seconds, I'm going to ask you to help me out by throwing out some of the worthy characteristics of the good women in your life. And I'll go ahead and start. Generous. Anybody else have some? Loving. Loving. Nurturing. Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Giving. Giving. Forgiving. Patient. Forgiving. Wonderful. Understanding. We could probably go on for a couple of hours, ladies. It would make us feel good, too, wouldn't it? <laughs> to hear all of those adjectives. You know, this is the day that we usually celebrate moms. And I hope that you celebrate your mom the other 364 days a year as well. I am so thankful to have a wonderful, godly mom myself. And it's true that Mother's Day gives us a reminder to honor the amazing women who give us life. It is also true that sometimes Mother's Day hurts for a variety of reasons. You know what? Last year's Mother's Day at my church was no exception. We have a 45-year-old friend named Ed who is developmentally different than most people. And he lost his mama last year, his primary caretaker, and he was put into foster care. And he came back to church for the first time after her death on Mother's Day. I doubt he realized when he came down to the very front row and sat down that as the service went along, he would begin to cry until his body started shaking and sobs came out and tears ran down his cheeks. And pretty soon our pastor came out from behind the podium and went down and put his arms around Dad and said, it's going to be okay. And it was time to pass the Kleenex in my church. And I got up after the service, and as I was walking out, I noticed another friend, and she had tears streaming down her face. You see, she had lost her mom a few years prior. And by the time I got out to the foyer, a young man came up, and he tried to give me a candy bar for Mother's Day. And I shrugged my shoulders, and I said, you know, I'm not a mom. All the while wondering if anyone hands out candy bars for infertility. You see, I would love to be a mom myself. And you know what? I'm also sure that there are people here today who have had in the past or have today a challenging relationship with their mother. Sometimes 
Mother's Day makes us cry, and that's okay. If you're here today and it hurts for any reason, I just want to remind you that God says in Psalm 147 that he heals the brokenhearted, and I take comfort in that. So why is a woman who is not a mom in your church delivering a sermon on Mother's Day? It's a good question, isn't it? Well, I am here by God's grace because his vision for the females that he created is bigger than many of us have dared to dream and much more exciting than I had assumed even though I've been in the church all my life. It's big enough to encompass every girl and every woman in this room, from the cradle to the grave. No woman is left behind. And here's the truth I want you to walk away with today. Women are part of God's plan A, fully equipped to do his good work. Ladies, you are not optional. You are not inferior. You are not an afterthought. Instead, you bear the image of God and you present his handiwork to the world anytime you enter a room. As C.S. Lewis understood after the passing of his wife, something vital is missing when a woman is lost or when she doesn't show up fully to participate in the work that God is doing. So at this point, I'd like to talk to the men in the room. There are some of you here today, right? Raise your hand. Hello, men. <laughs> you saw the title of the sermon, Why Women Matter to God, and some of you might be going, wow, I might need to tune out here for a little bit. Or you may already be thinking about the pot roast in the oven, the carrots, the gravy, etc. But I want to challenge you that we as women... We really need you in our corner. We desperately long for you to offer your strength on our behalf. So I hope you'll stay tuned throughout the sermon. Much of it will apply to you, and when I talk about women, that will also apply to you because you are a strong force and help in our life. So we'll find the keys to a woman's identity today by going to God's Word in the very first pages of God's Word in the creation story, Genesis 1, 26 through 28. We're going to read about the very first man and woman that God created. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
Well, you may have read this passage so many times that it's become dry and dusty to you. But hold the phone for a minute. Did God just say that we are made in His image? Amen. <laughs> Amen is right. <laughs> we are made in His image. So you can go home and look in the mirror today, whether you're a man or a woman, and say, hey, I was made in God's own image. Now, it doesn't matter if you like what you see in the mirror or not. <laughs> God thinks the world of you. You know, none of the plants that God created were made in his image. We have tulips and apple trees and rare plant species, and all of them are beautiful, but they don't resemble their creator. You see, God was pleased to make you in such a way that you do resemble him, that you can relate to him as another being in love. Any animal lovers here today? Got a few? Okay, good. Now, animals remind us of God's creativity, right? But they still don't resemble or relate to God in the way that you and I do. The psalmist David said it this way, you made man a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. Scandalous. You made man a little lower than God. You know, throughout um, our history, translators at times have translated that and said, you made man a little lower than angels. Do you know why they did that? Because it was too scary to write down, you made man a little lower than God. It was too earth-shattering. So now some of our translations coming out have corrected that. You are not God, but you are made in the image of God. You know, if you lived in the ancient Near East culture when the book of Genesis was written, you'd be totally shocked by this. The reason is that in that culture... The only people made in the image of deity or the image of God were the kings that ruled. So in essence, you would be royalty. Amazing. You resemble God, male and female, made in his own image, it says in the text. So ladies, next time you're having a bad hair day, or you're having a no good, horrible, very bad day, those come up occasionally, you need to remind yourself that you resemble God that you as a female are his image bearer and nothing can take that away. But you don't just resemble God. You also represent him. In Psalm 8, I mentioned that David had said that God made man a little lower than himself. Well, in verse 6 of that chapter, it goes on to say, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. That makes man and woman representatives of God on this earth. The passage we read from Genesis 1 said the same thing. Fill the earth and subdue it. We are to treat the earth and the other image bearers that God has made as God would treat them. We're creatively representing God using our resources and the earth's resources for his purposes. So, it doesn't matter if you're cleaning up after a two-year-old, if you're presiding over a church board meeting, or if you're feeding the homeless. We are representing God. The question is, 
Are we doing it well? Are we bringing honor and fame to our Creator in the way that we represent Him to others and the way we manage the resources that He's entrusted to us? Remember, all women are part of God's Plan A, fully equipped to do His good work as image bearers and also as azers. Hold on a second. Did she just say that we are razors? No, she did not. I just whipped out a Hebrew word from the Bible that deserves explanation. See, scholars tell us it's a special word used in the Bible 16 times talking about God. It reminds us of how God comes through for his people, how he rescues them. It's a strong and wonderful word. Here's some examples from Scripture. Genesis 49:25. it says, Because of your father's Azer, who helps you. Or Psalm 115:11, You who fear him, trust in the Lord. He is their Azer and their shield. So God is a strong helper to his people. He rushes to their aid. He comes through when they are in danger, and he even fights battles on their behalf. God is our agent of rescue. But in Genesis 2.18, we find out that someone else also acts as an azer, someone appointed by God. Let's turn to Genesis 2.18 again. And the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper or an azer suitable for him. Can you handle it? Eve comes on the scene. She's the perfect finishing touch to God's good creation and the creator of the world calls her an azer. Let's see. It is not good for man to be alone so I will make him a servant or a slave. Nope. Let's try it again. It is not good for man to be alone, so I think I'll make someone who will be a slight help to him in the future sometime. Not hardly. It is not good for man to be alone, so I will make an azer who is suitable for him. An agent of rescue who is suitable for him. Is God saying what I think he's saying? She will be a strong helper, like God is a strong helper to his people. She will be a warrior joining with Adam in the battle for righteousness. And she will be a rescuer, rescuing Adam from his aloneness and his solitude. She will be an aether, created and appointed by Almighty God. And that, my friends, is why all women are part of God's plan A, fully equipped to do God's good work. Do you doubt it? Do you believe it? And can you appreciate it? I'll be honest. The first time I heard about what the word Asia meant, I broke down and cried. My husband asked me what was wrong with me, and I just could not explain it. 
You see, for some time I had intuitively thought these things about women, but I just never realized that God created us with such intention and purpose. So let's talk about what an azer is. If we're azers, right? Well, first of all, an azer is a strong helper. Let me give you an example. You know how sometimes a person that's helping someone cook will chop up onions or something that they need in order to hand it over to the cook so they can cook the meal? Well, this is not what a strong helper is. A strong helper means that there are now two cooks in the kitchen. There's a male and a female. This is true in my house as well. There are two cooks in the kitchen. They're doing God's work, work together, and they will do whatever it takes to get the job done. An azer is also a warrior. You see, when the word azer appears in the Old Testament talking about God, it always shows up in some sort of military context where help is desperately needed. Now, you as a woman, if you can think back, even over the last couple of weeks, or even as a girl, if you can think back, is there any time that you've tried to help a friend out that was in distress? Maybe somebody was being treated unfairly at school and you came to their rescue. Maybe somebody needed care that they weren't getting and you went to bat for them. You were a strong warrior for them in order to help justice and love prevail. That's part of being an azer. So now you know why you were built that way. You're also a rescuer. Because it's not good for man to be alone. So you're rescuing Adam and all the people around you from solitude. We need community, and we need each other. Now, last year at my church, we taught a six-week Bible study on what it means to be an Azer, and we had a bunch of ladies show up. They were so excited about their purpose and getting involved with God's kingdom and what it meant to be an Azer and a woman. One lady in particular was having one of those horrible, no good, very bad days that I spoke of earlier. I mean, there were big things going wrong in her life, and there were little things going wrong, and nothing was going right. So she found herself in the middle of Myers, and she was just trying to get a few groceries and get home. And all of a sudden, she stopped in the middle of the aisle, and she sang, I am an azer, and I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. She sang it over and over again. I don't know who heard her, you know, people trying to pick up their salad dressing. They had no idea what they were in for that day. But you know what she did? She reminded herself of her identity. And she knew that as God's azer, she could make it through even a horrible, no good, very bad day. Do you know what, ladies? We can make it through anything with God's help. It helps to remember our identity. We are equipped as strong helpers, warriors, and rescuers who resemble our Heavenly Father. Because remember when I said that this word, Azer, was used 16 times to talk about God? Well, He is our Azer God, and we are His Azer daughters, and we resemble Him. And that alone should give us incredible purpose and strength. Well, I talked about what an azer is, right? So now, maybe we should cover what an azer is not, just so we're clear about what each woman in this room 
is, who she is, and, and who she's called to be. Well, first of all, an angel is not a domestic servant. Do I have an amen? <laughs> that we as women often do a really good job at this. We are good nesters in our homes. We are good cooks, and we clean, and we take care of our children. We do all of those important things. But actually, when God placed Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, there was no need for a domestic servant, was there? This is going to sound really good to you. There was no cooking because they pulled the perfect nutrition that they needed off of the plants and the trees that God provided. So, hmm, hungry? Hmm, there we go. There was no cleaning up or sweeping after things because they lived outdoors in the perfect world that God had provided for them. So sometimes we do things around our house, and that's great, part of who we are, but it's not part of our identity as an Azer. An Azer is also not defined by marriage or motherhood. Every woman in this room today, including the little one over there, is an Azer. That's the good news. See, Eve was an Azer before she was joined intimately with Adam. She was also an Azer before she had any children, at least nine months before she had any children. So a woman is an Azer from birth to death, and nothing can stop that. It's also true that an Azer is never retired. After the first service, I had a woman come up to me and say, thank you for preaching that. Um, you made me realize that I'm still worth something in God's kingdom. You are never retired. I don't know if that's good news or bad to you. <laughs> I see it as incredibly good news. A woman is an Azer from birth to death. So, ladies, the next time someone asks any of you, I don't care how old you are, what you do for a living, you might consider saying, me? I'm a strong helper, warrior, and rescuer. How about you? <laughs> you, can, you can see what kind of reaction you get. Because you see, the calling on every woman to be an Azer is broad enough to apply to the homeschooling mother of five children. And the 15-year-old or the 9-year-old in your praise band. And the professional working woman and the full-time single missionary and any woman, there are many of us, who might feel limited by our health, our social status. We are made in the image of God. And we are God's Azers. But it's not really enough to know who we are. We need to know what to do with it. We need to know that we are created for God's good work. You see, God didn't go to all the trouble to make you in his own image, to fashion you as a strong helper, warrior, and rescuer, for no reason. He created you with some of his own attributes because you are desperately needed. We are created for God's good work. So let's talk about the primary things he's asking us to do according to his word. Let's turn to Genesis 2, 18 to 23 to read the text together. Genesis 2, 18 through 23. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper or an azer suitable for him. 
Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable azer or helper was found. Poor Adam. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. And the man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Well, we learn in that passage that God's A team, his number one team, is made up of a man and a woman. They're brought together to multiply image bearers, to rule over the earth and subdue it. And something is missing when men and women don't work together at home, at work, and in the church. You know, we see the beauty of this when we see a husband and wife coming together to serve Christ, much like your pastor and his wife. You see them doing that and you just think, that's so beautiful. And we sometimes see it in the workplace or at school. You see um, boys and girls or men and women coming together in the workplace, we see that when men and women come together, they come up with a better product or service than if it had been all males or all females working on something. Imagine that. God had a plan in forming his A-team. We also see it, moms, when a mom mothers her son or an uncle encourages his niece to be everything that God created her to be. You know, ladies, some of us have been hurt in this area of men and women and boys and girls working together. So if you're one of those people, I urge you to pray for healing so that you can effectively join with your brothers in appropriate ways to form God's A-team. Remember that all women, single or married, divorced or widowed, are called to join together with men in appropriate ways for the benefit of God's kingdom. No one is excluded. So the Blessed Alliance. And then the Great Commandment. You heard this one before? Most of you probably have. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind? Well, that includes reading his word, right? Talking to him. Seeking his best in your life. And how about loving your neighbor as yourself? The second greatest commandment Jesus told us. I believe sometimes we become experts in excuses for why we cannot love our neighbors. Meh, I don't have anything in common with her. You know what? I'm too busy doing God's work this month. Or I wouldn't know where to start. You know what, ladies? You are strong helpers, warriors, and rescuers. And God will show you where to start if you ask him. This is not a suggestion. This is a command from the lips of our Savior. So how are you doing at loving God 
and loving your neighbor. And then lastly, we have the Great Commission. You know about this one, right? From Matthew 28, Jesus said, Go into the world and make disciples to help others become followers of him. You know, he wasn't just talking about those 12 male disciples. This was a command that was for the whole church for all time. And did you know that women and girls are part of God's gospel plan? Did you know that? If you have any doubt about it, you need to go to the New Testament. You need to read about all the women who were following Jesus. Women like Mary of Bethany, who sat at his feet and learned from him as an eager disciple. Then you have the women who had some money, some women of means. They followed Jesus and supported him out of their pocketbooks while loving him and learning from him as another disciple. How about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, the greatest miracle in our Bible? Well, who did Jesus choose to tell everyone that he had risen? He chose Mary Magdalene. Even though women in a Jewish society were not considered official or legal eyewitnesses, he chose Mary Magdalene. Now, the male disciples didn't exactly believe her at first, but still, Jesus chose Mary Magdalene. Wow. He thinks so highly of his image-bearing azers that he calls them out to be used in his kingdom, and he says, Go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. Tell people how to know me and obey me. Oh, and by the way, while you're doing that, I will be with you always. So you see, there's nothing to fear. It's a big task, isn't it? But our Azer God has equipped his Azer daughters for every good work he has planned in advance them to do. So, if you didn't know it before you walked in here today, women are part of God's plan A, fully equipped to do his good work. Well, what's next? What's now? That's the question. Women are God's image bearers, created as strong helpers, warriors and rescuers, and built to join with their brothers to advance God's kingdom. But what does it mean for any particular girl or woman in this room today? This is what it means. It means that God is asking you to offer your gifts and your life for his purposes. And it will look different for each of us, won't it? Over a year ago, God led me to help a 21-year-old woman who was detoxing from drugs. Honestly, I didn't know the first thing about how to help her. But I did have the truth of God's word, and by then I knew that I was an azer in his kingdom. And so with God's help, I took her to the hospital, and I tried to get the lice out of her hair. And then I took her into our home for 48 hours and tried to share the love of God with her. Out of that little act of obedience, God led me to start a Bible study with homeless women who are recovering from drug and alcohol addiction. And I have been amazed at the power of God's word 
and the lives of people who are broken. I just can't wait to go to Bible study every week. Wouldn't have planned it. Couldn't have predicted I'd do anything like it. But, because I am made in the image of God, because I am an Azer, and because God has called me to, I am showing up and watching God work. So ladies, how is God asking you to show up? Girls, women, where's your place? Well, maybe you will start by inviting the neighbors over for ice cream. That sounds doable, right? (laughs) You might teach your kids or your grandkids today to love the Lord their God with all their heart. You might even work on making your schedule less busy so you can do the important things. Maybe at school you will befriend an outcast and help them feel loved and welcomed in God's kingdom. You could give food or clothing to needy people in your community. Mentor someone, start a Bible study, start a prayer group, preach a sermon. So whatever it is, God will call you to do with your gifts and abilities and your situation in life. He will equip you to do it. Women are part of God's plan A, fully equipped to do God's good work. I'd like to ask all the ladies here to stand for a prayer of blessing. Abba Father, we've got all these Azers in one room, and my heart is full. I'm so grateful that you created us to resemble you and that we represent you in this world. Bless these girls and women today. Help them to remember their identity and to believe that with your help, they can make a difference for you in their homes, their workplaces, their schools, their church, and their community. Defeat the lies that keep us from serving you as your image bearers and bring us together with our brothers to offer your love to Kendallville and to the world. 